I'm your host, Maria Maldonado-Smith, and this is Creating the Vision, a podcast about living the life you envisioned and leaning into your passions, power, and purpose. Each week, we'll hear from guests discussing their journey to living and creating the vision for their life. We'll talk all things vision imagery, goal setting, and accountability so that you feel empowered and inspired to take action, turning your plan into the life you've always dreamed of living. Welcome, visionary. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Creating the Vision. I have a really sweet friend of mine who we've actually done a podcast together. We used to have one called the Corporate Mom Life podcast and how we both kind of got started in this podcasting journey. Neither one of us are corporate moms anymore. So that's a unique little fact about us. But my guest this week is Emily Siegel. She is a friendship mentor, podcast host, working mom of two adorable little boys, and lover of all things Broadway musicals. We definitely connected on this and our shared passion mm-hmm. and love for Broadway. As the leader of the Connected Mom Life community, she helps busy moms create the circle of friends they crave. I absolutely love your mission uh, because she firmly believes we weren't made to mom alone and she's on a mission to see that we stop trying. I cannot agree with you more on your mission. I absolutely love it. I think when we decided to end the Corporate Mom Life podcast and you pivoted in this direction, it was so fitting because I think one thing we kept coming up on consistently throughout that podcast was how are we building out our community? How are we, you know, surrounding ourselves with the people that are our people that we're finding our tribe? So I want to jump right in. Welcome to Great Division. Yeah, I'm so pumped to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And I know we spoke a couple weeks ago just talking about creating the vision for vision boarding and all of that stuff. But Mm -hmm. one thing that even throughout our discussion, I kept coming back to is, gosh, you've moved around a lot. I know I have too. That was one, another thing that really connected us and kind of brought us together was because of our, our shared journeys of uprooting our families and moving them to different places. So to, to start, can you share with us kind of one, what that journey has looked like for you? And specifically, like, how does that, how does that pertain to the connected mom life, like building that community out? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got married in my mid twenties, I would say. And I married someone who was born and raised in Minnesota and had never left. And I had moved around the country growing up and I thought, okay, well, if he's it, that means Minnesota's it. That means we're never leaving this state. Like this is life. And I, I thought, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm good with this. And then within a month of getting married, he came home and he was like, actually, would you be open to moving? And I'm like, well, I thought you were not open to moving. (laughs) And so that really threw, honestly, it threw me, you know, thinking I just like done the vows of like, okay, you're it. And also I'm assuming our life is here. And so we thought, you know, this will be an adventure. And so we moved across the country to a city where we knew, knew, knew no one. We did not have children. We did not have, we didn't have a dog. We had cats, but they're not really you know, you don't take your cat for a walk to meet people. And so we found it really trickier than we thought it was going to be to make friends in a city as young adults. And we really started to think it was us. And it wasn't 
we we had to do a lot of soul searching. I ended up doing reading this book that helped me understand adult friendship and how, you know, when we grow up, we think, oh, friendship just happens, right? Because that was our experience. Typically, we go to school and we come home with friends. And what's really happening that I learned from the friendship experts is that what's really happening is consistency. We're just seeing the same people over and over. And that is what's creating these relationships. And so, you know, when you don't have that buffer of a school anymore, like where do friends come from? Because I thought, I thought you just make all your friends and then they stay your friends, but then no one talked about how the, we're all going to start moving. And so you know, once we kind of figured that out, I realized I had been going into a lot of potential friendships with this idea that like, well, they're probably set on friends, so they don't need any more. And so I was kind of like pre-rejecting them being mm-hmm. like, oh, they don't need me. So mm-hmm. I won't like try really hard. And shocker, when you don't try really hard, people are like, okay, I guess like, <laughs> you know, cool. Like you're good. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, yep, I was not good. And so I started bringing a different energy once I realized kind of what I had been doing. Almost this idea of like, okay, well, I'm going to assume actually everyone wants to be my best friend. And let's see what happens. And of course, not everyone became my best friend. But my circle very much grew much mm-hmm. more quickly when I brought that level of energy. And so that was a really big aha for me. And, you know, after living in that city for five years, we moved again. This time we had, you know, a young baby. And again, we were moving to a place where we didn't know anyone. And so I was like, okay, not a problem. I've got this. I figured out how to make friends back there. But this time, you know, I had this baby that took a lot of time. And, you know, it did shift how I made friends in that era. But what I did have on my side was just knowing people were open to connection more so than I had maybe felt previously. And so that allowed me to just maybe go into some situations where I could meet potential friends much more confidently. And um, I was able to make that circle of friends much more quickly, even, you know, even after figuring out, okay, well, how do I do this now with a baby in tow? Uh, what does that look like? And so that's really kind of my, what got me so passionate about friendship and connection was because I didn't have a choice. I didn't have family uh, to rely on. I didn't have a previous network of friends in these cities that we were moving to. We really needed to build a supportive village from scratch. And I knew that it wouldn't just happen. I tried that, you know, in our first move, I just thought, well, let's just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Well, difference just happen like they've done my whole life. And unfortunately they don't. And so I knew I was going to have to put some level of energy into that. And what I discovered along the way was that it was like this elephant in the room that no one wanted to talk about the fact that they were craving more friendships or different kind of friends. I would run into moms who would, you know, they technically grew up in the city that I was meeting them in but they were the first of their friends to have kids or the last. And they were just craving different types. They were craving more friendships. The ones they had were great, but they, they still had some unmet needs in their kind of connection cups, you know? And so that was really insightful for me to see too of, Oh, if I can teach people 
that it's okay for us to talk about this and that it's safer out there than we think and like what the rules really are when it comes to making friends in adulthood and how we can do it without it feeling super awkward. Like, I think it could be such a gift to all of us to be able to just be more open about this idea that as we go through life, we have space for more and deeper friendships and connections. The alignment between goal setting and creating that vision for your future really parallels friendships as well. I mean, I just thinking about when you were talking about just kind of outlining some of the things that you need or that you want or that you're looking for. I mean, that's essentially what you do in the goal setting process. You know, how Mm -hmm. am I, you know, what do I need? And then how am I going to get there? And, and I am in total alignment on adult friendships because to your point, just like goal setting, we're not really taught that we're not really taught how to build friendships. Yeah. It's just, it's like comfort and community. It's that comfort in like, as we're growing up and that comfort in just seeing the same people every day, school provides that environment for us. And then we just kind of adapt and we just meet, you know, we stay friends. I I have a core group of friends that I've had since I was in the fourth grade. We all went to school together at an art school, but we were a really small school. So we kind of did stick together. And then we went to high school and we all ended up going you know, on through that program, we picked up another friend along the way that we met our freshman year of high school. And since then we've all stayed really close. The irony is that when I was living in Lexington, they were, they all lived away with the exception of of one. Mm -hmm. And so it was just me and, and, and another one of our friends. And then as Dan and I were moving away, they were all moving back. (laughs) So now Uh, I'm the only one that doesn't live in Kentucky Mm -hmm. and and that's tough because, oh my goodness, like I just think about all of the the friendship memories and all of the things, but every time I go back, I try to visit. So it's been, I would say initially when we started moving, it was a challenge because yeah. it was easy. I will say that because I had them as insulated friends, it was it was easy and we knew each other. We went back because we had a history. So when I started trying to make friends, I kind of probably went through a lot of the same, same, same thought process that you did in just assuming that you know, these people have probably grown up here their whole life. They already have their, their friends. Mm-hmm. And it really prevented me. And also too, I was doing the corporate mom life thing, the travel, the, all the yeah. things. So I was that person showing up to everything like right on time, you know, just, just to be there for my kid. And then literally was leaving after because it didn't have those connections. Yeah. So I was just there to fill that need. What would you say, like, what are some ways in which we can like enhance? Like if, if you, you know, you're moving into that, you mentioned your own, but are there steps or things that you coach women through to be like, okay, <laughs> you're in a new environment, you're in a new community, or you're just looking for new friends. You know, you, you're, yeah maybe the shelf life of those friendships or the ones that you're wanting to transition from have expired. What do you do next to create kind of that vision for your friendships? Yeah. One of my favorite exercises to do with women, particularly when we first start working together is a friendship audit. And that is one of my favorite ways to just kind of get a handle and name what is going on right now for you in friendship. Because it could be that you've just moved. And so maybe it's really obvious to you. You're like, I know, I know that I need friends who live in this city. So you might be very clear on what is feeling unsatisfying in your friendships. Or you might be someone who is just like, 
I don't feel great about my friends. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm scrolling Instagram and I'm seeing everybody else have more fun than I am, or I'm just not feeling as seen or heard by, you know, people. I don't feel like I'm as understood anymore. So it, there's a lot to sort out in our interpersonal relationships. And so that's why I like breaking it down to the audit piece. And I ask women to consider kind of three buckets of closeness. That's kind of like where we start. Like, who would you think of as like general acquaintances that you've met that you're, you know, maybe you've enjoyed having conversations with, but like you wouldn't necessarily call them a friend. Maybe you don't even have their number yet. Whatever that means to you, you don't call them a friend. Where that second bucket would be people, no, you consider them a friend Whatever that means to you, I give some guidance around that, but there's definitely room to play with because it is important for you to be like, no, well, I, yeah, I feel like I would, I would tell them things. I would maybe ask for help depending upon the circumstance. (laughs) Like we all have different, you know, thresholds there. Mm -hmm. And then that third bucket of fierce friends, kind of those ride or die people who like, they would be the first to find out, you know, devastating news or also amazing news in your life. Mm And from there, you kind of can see, you might be able to make some assumptions already, but after that, what you can start doing is asking yourself questions like, um, kind of going through those lists, each of those buckets, well, how often am I seeing each of these people or having some sort of meaningful conversation with them? And I, you know, kind of guide around, like do a circle if it's, you know, this often or leave it, just leave it blank. If you have not talked with them in the last month, you know, and then from there thinking about, okay, you know, how many of these people live within 15 minutes of me, an hour of me, because what a lot of my, a lot of women find is they actually have great fierce friends. They truly do. The problem is none of them live by them. You know, you your example was perfect of your core group friends who all live in Kentucky. They're probably all on your ride or die list. And if you're feeling unsatisfied in your friendships today, it could be because, yeah, it's not that I don't have friends. It's very rare that we don't truly have friends. It's that either we don't have friends that live nearby or we might even consider, okay, I'm a new mom. I'm looking at these three buckets who else is a mom on this list or a new mom? And then it's, and then it's identifying, actually, I'm really craving someone who's in a similar season as I am and can really talk about the day-to-day and truly get what I'm going through. And so we talk, we talk about types of friendship of friends, like same season friends, same interest friends, neighbor friends. And once we kind of go through all of that processing, it can become really clear, okay, this is why I'm feeling unsatisfied. And I love doing that because we're all so short on time and making friends feels really daunting. There's all the research out there that says it takes an exorbitant amount of hours to make a fierce friend. And that feels really daunting to so many of us who are just so busy. And so by getting really clear on, okay, what am I craving most right now? That then will inform their vision and their goals around friendship and can then can, you know, go after them in a guilt-free way. They don't have to stress about, Oh shoot. I said no to that book club. Well, that's okay. You don't like books and (laughs) you're really looking for friends who like these things. And so you can just, your yeses get more free. Your no's get more free. And it really is 
is helpful just to start with, okay, where should I spend my limited time and my energy? And oftentimes the audit really helps reveal that. I love that you talked about friends for a season, the ones that come in your life. My mom always used to say, sometimes people come into your life for a season or a reason and, Mm -hmm. and they fulfill that purpose. And it doesn't mean that you're going to unfriend them, but you just might not be as engaged with them as you were Mm -hmm. during that time period. And she often has referred to my time growing up dancing and going to dance competitions and becoming friends with the moms, understanding that when I stopped doing that, there wasn't much alignment because she was connected through that channel. She was connected through me being a part of that. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't look back on it and have fond memories of some of those friendships Mm -hmm. and some of those times because it got her through some of those times as well when they're all in solidarity as parents talking about the competition, the overwhelm, this last minute sewing Mm -hmm. of costumes, et cetera. So I love that you mentioned that because I don't know if we honor that enough to say that that's okay because I think my perception when I was growing up and even as we started moving was that every friendship was a fierce friendship. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that you say that. <laughs> I, I think constantly that we just need more language for the word friend because it can mean so many different types of connections and so many like you might call someone a friend and truly like you maybe talk once a year, but it's not that you don't have incredibly fond affection for them, but you, you will, you would also use that same word to describe your core group of friends, you know, that you, you talked about earlier. And so it just, it's tough that we don't have any more, (laughs) we don't have any other word than friend to describe, you know, we add, you added core group of friends to try to give more context, right? You know, we try to give sometimes more context to what that word means. But I think because we don't always have language around that. And particularly growing up, you don't understand that not all relationships and connections are meant to, you know, ever reach that ride or die level, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't. And that doesn't mean that that connection and that relationship isn't also incredibly valuable for what it is and what it's bringing to your life. So I love that you, I love that you bring that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just, and I think especially when I had to get out of that feeling when I moved and, and mm-hmm. then we started moving consistently because here I'm inserting myself into these, into these, like what I had convinced myself were these mm-hmm. fierce friendship groups and like, Oh, you know, yeah. is there enough room for me? Am I going to be able to, you know, fit into this group? And yes, you do. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You, you find your people and to your point, some of them are really fierce friendships. And some of them are just people that I, you know, I see whenever I attend a particular meeting or a particular mm-hmm. group that I'm involved in. I'm curious to know your thoughts too on the term best friend, because I feel like I see this come up a lot and I just, I want to hear from you. (laughs) I want to hear from the the, the connected, the the connection specialist when it comes to friendships. Like I, yes. What's your opinion? Yeah. I internally, this is a recent thing. I don't have like, I haven't just dieted my stance fully on this. I can say I don't have like full on talking points here. But I have noticed in myself recently, I kind of like do a little cringy thing inside. I don't think it's it shows outwardly when someone says, oh, my best friend. And I'm like, 
really? What do you, what do you mean by that? I, I find yeah. myself using one of my best friends that feels more in alignment for me and how I think about the value that people bring into my life. And I personally growing up had probably more of a scarcity mindset around friendship and probably more of like the mean girl thought about it of like, well, I need to protect this relationship with this person. She needs to be my best friend. She can't be anyone Mm. else's because that would mean that I'm losing something if she has, you know, a stronger or a strong connection with someone else. And I just, you know, growing up now learning more about friendship, it's just like, that's just not healthy behavior. It's not something I want my friends to think about when it comes to friendship. And so I just avoid the term best friend, unless I'm saying one of, um, because I just have so many friends that I care so deeply about and feel so connected to and feel are so, so important to me. And I just don't like the idea of one of them ever hearing me say my best friend and talking about someone else and have them mm-hmm. think that that diminishes anything about my love right. for them. Yes. So yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I have some feelings around it that I don't know <laughs> yeah. that I have officially like decided here's mm-hmm. my stance on it, but mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. I read it. Adam- yeah. Yeah, I read an Adam Grant quote about it a while back and it was it was something similar to that effect of like, well, what metric system have we designed to create say that this is my best friend? Like they've reached that pinnacle of being best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best. Yeah. And I, I tend to find myself saying more like this is my close friend or this yeah. is a dear friend of mine because I think those mm-hmm. in terms can be, they're dear to me for different reasons. Like they're, yeah. you know, it's not like the best, but they're very dear to me. It could be that, you know, we, we met under circumstances that brought us close for a particular, you know, experience that we were both involved in, or mm-hmm. that they just are someone who has been there for a really long time, you know? And so it kind of creates more of this nostalgic, like they're, mm-hmm. It just, you know, that friend for like all ages type of thing, type of friend. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think, yeah. So core four, you know, or like kind of my, those are my childhood friends, you know, they're just, mm-hmm. because I think about that as they were, when you think about friends, like I was, I likened them to like core memories that happened in my childhood. They were all yeah. for a part of that. So yeah. that's, I think why I refer to them that way. Yeah. Yeah. One of the dangers I think of let's say you were going to introduce one of these friends and you said, this is my best friend. Or even if you said like one of my best friends is that, well, the one thing that does that's good for that relationship is you are, you know, essentially megaphoning to the world. You care about me. I'm saying Mm -hmm. this out loud to other people. And so that's actually a really great thing. Like that's awesome. But I do think the framing of it is important because whoever you're introducing this person to you know, maybe you have a looser connection with them. Sometimes if they hear this is my best friend, in some ways that can close them off to, you know, furthering a connection or a relationship with you thinking, oh, okay, well, you're good. You don't need any other like close friends. And so I've had, I've heard other friendship experts talk about the importance of like saying, you know, when you're introducing one of your dear friends and, oh, you know, you have this in common, like you should talk about this or kind of then offering some sort of way for you all to connect Mm-hmm. as like, you know, essentially an offering of, yes, this is a dear friend. And also, you know, we want you to be a part of this, you know, whether that's beyond this moment or not, who knows, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think framing and and being mindful of that language is really, really important. 
I enjoy introducing my friends to my other friends that don't know each other, mm-hmm. it, bridging that gap between, yeah. because each to your point, I will always meet people or friends of mine and I'll say, oh my gosh, I have another friend who does this. <laughs> you two mm-hmm. yeah, definitely should connect. Yeah. And I, I like that because then to your point, I, I try to include everyone. So then my one, my circle grows larger, but then two, it just, it could be that there's another opportunity for that friend to gain someone really close in their life mm-hmm. that otherwise wouldn't yeah. have been introduced to them had, had we not made that, that connection. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it is we can make our world smaller by introducing our friends to our friends. Yeah. Is there, and this may be a corny question, but is there a, is there a script or do you mm-hmm. encourage people to write out what they might say if they're, cause I will say as much as I love to talk with people, sometimes it's hard for me to get the conversation up off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's, I think scripts or like general approaches you can do when you're, you know, first initiating a conversation with someone or what I actually think is harder is when you're trying to make a connection stickier, like you've met a few times already now, like, what do we talk about? So yeah, I think when it comes to initiating conversations, a lot of the wisdom out there is often ask questions. And I think that's, that's good. But sometimes I think making an observation or a statement is sometimes an easier way to actually initiate like, Hey, I'm open to a conversation. I know when I was trying to just meet other moms with kids my age, I would go to the playground in our neighborhood and, you know, we'd all be chasing these kids. And I would often just look up and try to make eye contact and just say, oh my goodness, like these kids are so crazy. You know, I wasn't saying, hi, how are you? What's the age of your kids? But it was just kind of like a, hey, I'm open to a conversation while we're here. Like if you... Mm -hmm. You know, and you can kind of get a vibe from someone if they're like, nope, I'm actually at the playground to get my work done. You know, you can kind of figure some of that out with some of just making an observation about your surroundings um, and making eye contact, smiling. Like that's really easy. And then from there, I have scripts around very particular getting contact information from someone after you just meet. I would do this at the playground all the time back when my kids were little, because I just didn't know if I was going to see them again at the playground. And maybe we had had like a nice conversation and they lived nearby. So they were like checking a lot of boxes of things that I look out for. Like, Ooh, this could be easy to hang out with you because you don't live 30 minutes away. You have a kid the same age as mine. Like that is also important to me right now. So like they're ticking these boxes that I've, you know, thought of through the audit. And I will say something like, usually like a statement, like I, you know, I, this was fun. Like the park is always more fun when there's people here. Would you want to exchange numbers or like Instagram handles, however you're most comfortable. And then I follow that up with how I will use it in a very low pressure way. And then I usually sit. So for example, I would usually say I could like shoot you a text the next time we come to the park, if it works for you. And so it's not like I'm saying, hey, can I have your phone number so that I can text you all the time and we can become best friends forever? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, hey, you're nice to talk to you. I'm affirming you. If you want to exchange numbers, cool. And then I'll let you know the next time I come here. If you want to come. You live down the street. I live down the street. Like win-win. 
And so like, that's kind of some easy ways you can do it. You know, if you meet someone at a school function, you can say, Hey, do you want to exchange numbers? Like maybe I, sometimes I get questions about what the heck is going on in the third grade class, or, you know, you can talk about how you'll use it in a way that isn't Mm -hmm. so like overwhelming or, or creepy or awkward. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Well, yes, I, I've been, and sometimes I've been that mom who, you have to reach out to four or five times. And then sometimes I've been that person who's reached out to someone four or five times. And every time it's like, Oh, it's not, Oh, sorry. Like we're not going to be at the park today. or We're going to be that. And I always say, I'll keep trying until I just really feel like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Cause sometimes time just does play into, yeah. into it as well. For sure. And like, that's great. If you have, that's a very healthy mindset for you to have because that is truly what's happening. I know a lot of moms and women will sometimes start to overthink like, Oh shoot. I told her I was going to the park and she said that she was busy. So that means she hates me. Yeah. Uh, right. No, nope. no, she, what she was actually just probably busy. Yeah. It is safe to let her know that you're going to be there next week when you go. Like if you don't get anything back, like usually someone will say, oh, shoot, I'm busy today, but, you know, I would love to next time. Mm-hmm. That is going to be your typical response. And you have to trust that and you have to believe it mm-hmm. and you have to move forward with that. And then, you know, if you get to a point where you've reached out three times and then that person has not offered anything on their end, like let it go. It's OK. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to overly invest. If you ha- like, let's say you were at the park and this happens. I don't know. I'm going to say one out of 20 times. So it's not, it doesn't happen a lot, mm-hmm. but like you just were like, Oh my gosh, we could be best friends. Like you just get that. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh man, if mm-hmm. the stars were aligned, like mm-hmm. and we lived next door, we would be best friends. Like you get that sometimes from people that you meet. So in that case, maybe I would try a little harder, but for the most part, it's like, okay, no big deal. Like this, this is this is not working out. It's feeling too hard. Like it's okay to let it go. Like you didn't fail. We only all have so much time and energy and yeah, just put a little bit of energy in, see what comes back. If not much is coming back, it's okay. Move on. Put your energy somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Put your energy somewhere else. Exactly. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, because we're, we're, we're worth that energy too. Like receiving it, giving it it on both, on both sides. Okay. So this brings me to my next question and maybe you have a response, maybe you have an answer for this or not, but if, is there a time when you're like, you had a mom in your, in your mind, maybe it perceived like mom fail connection. Maybe it ended up turning out to be something that like bonded you together because it was just mm. like, oh yes. my gosh, that was a fail. <laughs> and then yes, <laughs> the outcome okay. was actually friendship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I do have a funny story about, so we recently moved back to Minnesota and, but we, we live in a area of the cities that we have not lived before. We have a whole new school community that we've never, we, we have no history with we have no history with this neighborhood. Everything is still feeling very from scratch outside of like our kind of family and more historical established connections in the area. And so I've been kind of leaning into school and this one mom I met at like the kinder play date and that they did last year. And honestly, she was the one out of 20 feeling of like, Oh, like, Oh my gosh. Like, 
this is really exciting. I'm going to try to, I'm trying to get my hopes up here, but like, <laughs> this feels good. And so we met at a park, like for a play date, maybe like a couple weeks later. And that was like, great. I was like, okay, like, yeah, maybe let's see. She has, she had four children or she still has four children. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I'm like, I don't know what she has capacity for, but I'm here for what yeah. she has right now. And I went, I took Anyway, she'd invited my youngest over for a play date to her house. So I'd never been to her house. And I like Google mapped it. And I was like, oh, I think this is going to be like maybe kind of a big house. And we pull in and it is a big house. And she like lives on a farm and it's a, a rambler, but it's a very long, big rambler. And my kids were so funny. They were like, you did not tell us that they live in a mansion. <laughs> I was like, I mean, like... And in my head, honestly, Maria, I'm like, our house is the same square footage. We just have three stories. So it doesn't look like mm-hmm. the same, you know? And oh my gosh. So anyway, I, I was able to rein them in from the mansion language, like before we walked in the door, which <laughs> yeah. is great. But the next time I see her, we're sitting and I lean over to her and I was like, oh, hey, I have been meaning to ask you. And my oldest goes, why you live in a mansion? <laughs> I was oh like, God. I was like, it's she, just, she was like the best about it. She was like, yeah, I like don't want to move ever again. So we just went for it on the first one. And I was like, thank you for dealing with my ridiculous kid. Like, and I did not tell him you like, you know, yeah. all the things you're like, oh my gosh, yes. like, I'm not talking about how you live in a mansion with my kids. And all these things. And she was just like, so great about it. And we joke about it all the time now. And the things, honestly, the things her kids say to me, like, it's the best. We just Mm -hmm. joke about the craziness of these. So yeah, sometimes those like embarrassing things can bond you in, you know, and also be a really good sign as to whether this is a good person for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like if she would have freaked out about like, oh my gosh, I cannot or made bad assumptions about me, mm-hmm. you know, based on some of those comments. Yeah. Those are all like sometimes really helpful situations for seeing people's character and flexibility mm-hmm. in what they're able to offer in a relationship. And so while those things can feel uncomfortable, they're also really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, one, I'll just say, yes, kids absolutely say, sometimes the most embarrassing things. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you're not supposed to say that. Like, this is us talking in our home. (laughs) Let's not share that outside. It's not for public consumption, (laughs) but they just don't have those filters sometimes, but it can, it can create an opportunity to bond and become good friends with someone who, yes, if, if taken in the right context in the right way, you know, you found your people, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really good feeling. Yeah. So last question before I get to my do the dang goal question, last one would just be more centered along the advice that you would give to someone who's feeling really frustrated and really down about not finding their just, you know, a friend or not making those connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the struggle is real. Like I've really changed my tune about how I talk about friendship. You know, I don't like to, I don't like to be flippant about like, Oh, it's just so easy. Just go to the park and like get a number. And it's not easy. You know, like I said, one in 20, you know, you feel like a true spark with the other 19. You're like, I don't know. Let's see where this goes. And that can feel like 
really overwhelming. It can feel like a lot of work. It can feel like a lot of not fun. And so if you are a person that in general doesn't enjoy having kind of loose conversation that isn't deep, which is often where you have to start. I love reframing small talk to a starting place. Like it's a place Mm. to start. Mm. It's a place to feel this out. Sometimes that mental reframe can help lift some of the, the mental energy of the load of what it can feel like to try again, especially when you feel like you're just spinning your wheels over and over. And so for the person that's feeling down about it, sometimes it's good to actually just take a break from like pursuing it and just like take a beat and don't necessarily beat yourself up over, you know, invitations you're saying no to or anything like that and feeling like, oh, I'm just losing all my chances. But take some time to really think about, okay, what am I craving most? And then can you commit to showing up in a space where you will likely run into those types of connections you're craving more? Can you add some consistency to it? Sometimes it's that lack of consistency that can feel so like, ugh, trying everything, but (laughs) you're not trying everything consistently. So (laughs) then yeah, it's not working. You're spinning. And so that doesn't mean that if you commit to showing up to a place, then for sure you're going to find your people, but you're going to have more of a shot if you can at least give it three months and also just have realistic expectations about it. That's often where we get so frustrated is because we, we want to show up to something and then we want to have ride or die easy friendships at the second meeting. And that's not really realistic, but it's not maybe as far away as even like the experts with the hours they say it takes to make friendships or to make a, you know, dear, dear friend. I don't know that I fully agree with that research yet. I mean, who am I? I'm not a researcher. I I, like, I've got nothing to back up that statement other than I feel like I've created a lot of close relationships in ways that have not taken that level of hour through just doing simple things like asking for help or reaching out and staying in touch on social media or via phones or voice texts. I think if we can think outside the box of how we connect outside of that face-to-face, which I very much think is like, you know, the pinnacle and great, and we need to make space for that. But there's other ways to nurture relationships and get them to feel, and to get us to feel truly that ease and like emotional closeness that doesn't always have to, that does not always require consistent face-to-face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think social media has definitely changed the game on, on friendships. And mm-hmm. I mean, we met on social media, so, you know, we, and, yeah. and, and I, I do, I think about that. I think about some friends that I have, I've known for now four years and I've yet to meet them mm-hmm. in real life, but yet we, we speak on a consistent basis <laughs> and, and, and so yeah. we're in each other's lives in, in a different capacity. Yeah. I'll be, you know, not, not physically present for each other, but mm-hmm. very much present for each other and helping helping each other through, you know, through, yeah, whatever it may be, you know, business related, just life related, mm-hmm. motherhood related, et cetera. So now I appreciate that. There's such synergy between creating that vision for your life from like a goal setting, goal planning, mm-hmm. mapping out everything. And just like I would tell someone who's about to run a marathon, you know, you can't just show up two days later, just like you said, you can't expect the second interaction to be like, okay, now you're my ride or die friend. <laughs> Cause that's, mm-hmm. ah, that's a little overwhelming. Just like it's overwhelming to show up for a marathon, you know, four days after you sign up for the race and expect, you know, to, to run it 
you have to, it, it's that consistent practice of it. So there's just so much alignment and so much synergy, synergy. And I love that because I think there's so many misconceptions that we harbor that around friendships and around creating those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the analogy of my friendships and thinking about an airplane, particularly, and you know, I'm mixing up my analogies here, but like you take your rider dies and they're in, they're in first class, you know, they're at the front of the plane with you. And, but like, truly, if you only had people up in first class, your plane would not fly very well. (laughs) You really do need so many different types of connections and friendships and people in your orbit, in your circle, Mm -hmm. you know, to really help you feel grounded and kind of, you know, get to where you're going or wanting to go with the vision for your life. And one of my, I guess, greatest maybe lessons I feel like women take away from our work together is realizing, oh, not all friends are created equal. And that's not a bad thing. Mm. That's actually really good. And so when we can take some expectations off of people, we, when we can in relationships, we really start enjoying them more and really find more meaning in them too. And so I love just kind of that idea of being realistic and knowing that there's so many different types of connections and friendships that bring value to our lives. And yeah, it, we don't have to get everyone to ride or die for that, not to be a valuable person in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate that so much because yeah, I, I think that I think I'm excited that more people will hear this message because we make a, I think we make a lot of assumptions. I know I have mm-hmm. that I you know, shared today just about friendship in general. And so I'm really glad to hear you share that message because it, it needs to resonate. And then the new year, you know, coming, you know, in, in, into this new year, I even sat down and did a little bit of that own audit of like, who do I want in my life this year? Who do I want to be a part of my circle, a part of my tribe? Who are the women that pour into me that, or who are the women that pour pour into me consistently that I'm not doing a good job pouring into them? Like they're constantly giving to me and am I not reciprocating that? Mm -hmm. And then making that decision, do I want to, or do I not? And going from there and then truly trying to figure out, okay, these are the women that I'm going to make space for this year. Also acknowledging that we're just in January. So it could be, you know, come September, I could have five more women or, you know, or 10 more connections in my life that, that I didn't account for at the beginning. Yeah. yeah but being open sure. to that, mm-hmm. being open to that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I know you've done some great coaching for me around visioning for the year. And I really am focused strength is what I'm focused on oh, in a lot of areas of my life. Yes. And that is true of friendship. And what I love about that is I know that my focus this year is around, you know, deepening mm-hmm. some of those connections that we've made in kind of the first year and a half, two years back. And also that doesn't mean I am saying no to new relationships. It just means so much of my energy in the last year and a half has gone into cultivating new connections. And so that energy is going to shift now, you know, into strengthening. And I'm really excited to see what that cultivates this year when the, when the focus is more on that. 
while always, you know, maintaining openness yes. to who, who may come. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, so to round it out, I always ask all my guests, what is your do the dang goal? What's that burning goal that you walked into 2024 saying, I have to accomplish this goal? Yeah. Well, you did a lot of good coaching for me around like, it's okay if this pivots, but as of, you know, as of today, yes. the do the dang goal is to do weekly podcast episodes. I had shifted to every other and through the move to kind of maintain my sanity. And I'm feeling really excited and energized that weekly is the right decision for right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to just kind of do the dang thing, see what happens And then if I decide to pivot from there, totally fine. But it feels good to know, okay, that's the focus for right now. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, that being open and all of the things. But Mm -hmm. weekly, we want to hear from you weekly. So yes, I'm I'm in support of this. (laughs) I'm in support (laughs) of this goal. Where can people find you if there are listeners like, you know, struggling, thinking, oh my gosh, I need you in my life to help me. Where can they find you? Yeah, everything's on my website, theconnectedmomlife.com. And then I'm that's also my Instagram handle, the connected mom life. And so that's the social media space I hang out the most these days. We'll see if that changes in the year, but that's that's probably the best place to find me and more of the behind the scenes bits of of life and what it actually looks like to maintain a circle, create a circle while also juggling literally all the other things mm-hmm. that take our time and attention, uh, in a day. And so what it, I like to be honest about, here's how I'm trying to fit in friendship and make it a priority amidst all these other priorities too. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely a balance. And I love your, I love your focus for, for this, this year's strength. And I love that it's with that idea of just enhancing that you've spent this time cultivating and now you're going to be strengthening and enhancing those, those friendships and relationships. I think that's really special. And I love the intention behind it. So I am wishing you all the success this year with weekly podcasting, getting back and then, (laughs) and then all of the things that you're working on. And yes, guys, go follow Emily, go check her out on her website. And thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. I really appreciate you sharing. And you definitely taught me a lot that, or, or I think maybe even affirmed some of the things or thoughts that I had about connections and friendships that maybe I haven't been willing to ask until now. So I really appreciate you, you helping me uh, through those. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and review of the show and subscribe on your favorite app. You can also find us on our YouTube channel, Creating Visionaries. If there is something that stuck out to you in this conversation, send me a message on Instagram to let me know. Until next time, keep creating the vision for your life.